This is the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voices, a weekly podcast hosted by Chris Nelson, a podcast to help break the stigma of mental health and to remind everyone that it is okay to be not okay, and to remind those that they are never alone. Please also note that Chris is not a psychologist or psychiatrist, and is speaking from research and experiences. Trigger warning for those for the possible explicit content and language. What's up, Warriors, and welcome to another episode of the Mental Health Movement Podcast, Voice for the Voiceless. I am your host, Chris. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a fellow warrior, and he is also a member of the Mental Health Movement um, Facebook group. Uh, please go ahead and welcome our fellow warrior, Derek. Derek, how you doing, buddy? I am doing all right, Chris. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on. Um, I know it's uh, been a it's been a season, you know, for yourself, and uh, I know uh, things have been a little tough. So, uh, what made you want to come on the podcast? What uh, what was it about the podcast that just kind of intrigued you enough to come on here and talk about your story? Well, I mean, besides the podcasts are totally awesome who wouldn't want to be on a podcast right <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely love uh, listening to people and their experiences and their stories because that's that's a way that I uh, I learn and I grow so I've been a part of this mental health movement group for a while now and you know in the beginning I was really quiet about participating or joining the conversation but then my life radically changed and I realized I'm not alone. There are people out there who I can talk to. So I've gotten more involved the last couple of months and, you know, talking with you and going through some of these struggles together, I realized, hey, if, if there's an opportunity for me to share my story, the way that these people have shared theirs, I mean, they've encouraged me. I mean, I want to encourage somebody too. So I think my, my reasoning for wanting to do this is because people are out there and they need to hear uh, experience strength and hope from others because they might not be able to get that for themselves. For me, I couldn't get that for myself. I had to, to go out and find a community of people who could help me see just a little bit more beauty in life. So if I can participate in that, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on this podcast. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely, it definitely means a lot to, you know, uh, a man like myself who is very passionate about getting men to to speak up because you know I personally think that uh society as a whole just kind of told us that we can't share our feelings about anything that we can't talk about our uh what our struggles you know we're supposed to be the macho men we're supposed to carry the world on our back and you know nothing can happen to us because we're bulletproof when in reality we're not you know we're right. human beings and we have emotions and we have feelings not to say that you know not to take away from the guys who are, I guess, quote unquote, emotionally numb, because that's what society has presented to most of us men, but also just having other people encourage men to speak up is, is what means the most to me. So my first question on the podcast for you is what does mental health mean to you as a whole? So for me, that's a, a bit of a loaded question. And I'm going to share a little bit of background real quick before I answer that question, just so you kind of know how I arrived at this stance. Uh, I, I grew up in and out of 
um, psychiatrist, counseling, therapy. Uh, I've been institutionalized twice in my life um, for suicidal ideations. I've, I've talked to a lot of people about mental health, um, but I think as a child and going through that, I didn't really understand it or grasp it. Because for me, one of the largest stigmas in the mental health uh, community or topic, um, I always associated mental health with being crazy. I was called crazy a lot in my life. I couldn't handle my emotions. I was emotionally aggressive or passionate or compassionate. Um, I had a lot of feelings and I would feel them and I would feel them loudly. And <laughs> some people in my life didn't know how to deal with that. I didn't know how to deal with that. Um, so I kind of, I kind of wrote mental illness off or mental health off as like, well, it's not, it's not anything but me just not being okay. I'm just a crazy person. Something's really wrong with me. That's not true. I'm a person, I'm a human being and I have feelings and I, particularly when I feel them, I feel them heavy. Um, coming out of a really toxic relationship recently, leaving, uh, my previous community, walking away from um, Christianity and my faith, taught me that <clears throat> I'm, I'm okay to take care of myself. Mental health is just as important as physical health. If you want to get strong, if you want to have muscles, you go to the gym, you work them out, you eat right, you take care of yourself. Well, if you want to think healthy and you want to process your emotions in a healthy way, then you have to deal with your mental health. You can't just write yourself off as crazy. You can't just say, well, this is just me and it's never going to change. I, I can't do anything about it. That's just not true. There are moments and there are days where you can't do anything about the way you're feeling except feel them. But sometimes that's the appropriate, healthy way to respond. I'm having this feeling. I just need to feel it. Um, so mental health to me is just taking care of the way you think. And that looks like lots of different things. Yeah. You know, and I just want to highlight uh, a statement that you made there on uh, feeling your feelings. You know, it's something that I've talked to my therapist about. It's something that uh, I had talked about with uh, the author that I interviewed a couple podcasts ago about about gaslighting. And, you know, she said being in that cycle and dealing with all the feelings that you're feeling with. Everybody's natural reaction to trauma natural reaction to whatever they're going through is all right i gotta come up with these distractions i gotta i gotta uh i gotta create all these coping tools which isn't isn't a wrong thing but like you said in order to heal you need to feel those feelings and uh i'll, I'll use a quote that i just absolutely love out of her book is feel the void feel your void and it, it takes a couple times to hear it to really understand it. But, you know, again, as human beings, it's only natural when we have a hole in our, in our heart, we have a hole, uh, you know, whatever it is, we always find something to fill that void with. We always, uh, you know, some people go right to a, another relationship. Some people uh, get into addiction and, you know, and it's just, it's a tough struggle, but like you said, in order to heal, you need to feel what you're feeling and instead of just like numbing yourself out of those feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me, <clears throat> I like that quote, feel the void because I need to know it's there. I need to know it's there. I need to understand it. I need to feel it so that I can process it and then I can start to feel it. 
Right. If I don't, if I don't address it, if I don't deal with the void that I'm feeling, then it's just going to stay an empty hole. And I don't want that. Right. I don't want to live with a bunch of empty holes. I want to find ways to fill those voids up because there are ways to do that. Right. There are, there are, there are unhealthy ways, like you said, going out and, and distracting yourself with, with maybe numbing it out addictions. There are unhealthy ways to fill those voids, but there are definitely healthy ways to fill those voids too. For me, one of the biggest things was I started going to the gym. You know, if I'm feeling a certain way and I need to feel better, what can I do today to make myself feel better? Where I can go pump some iron and then I feel a little bit better. So I've put in a token in my void and I start to feel that up. Right. And, and you know, uh, you just, sometimes you just fall into that cycle of, you know, when, when we numb ourselves of, uh, of those feelings, just so you don't have to feel them, but we feel it again the next day times 10 <laughs> and yeah. you just kind of go in that revolving door that just doesn't stop. And, you know, like you said, what can I do today to make myself feel better? And while, yes, it may be temporary, at least it'll get you through the day where you can plan ahead for the next day or for next week. And obviously, we can't see the future. We can't we can't uh, prepare for something that's going to happen tomorrow because, you know, it's just unrealistic. But what you can do is make yourself strong enough to where you can endure more than you already have. You know, right. and that's one thing for me that has made grief a lot easier for me to deal with, has made me deal with narcissistic parents a lot easier. And it's just, if you can build yourself up enough to, to where you can endure and be able to healthy, uh, find a healthy way to cope with all those things, I think healing is just so much easier when, when you can uh, I guess, prepare yourself a little bit better for the future. Absolutely. And it, it might be repetitive and it might be temporary, but each time something comes up, you can think back, well, hey, <clears throat> what's the last thing I did that helped me feel better? And if you do that enough, you can look back and, and see, well, there were three or four different things I did last time. And then if you find something new, you I mean, your list continues to get bigger and bigger as you struggle through this thing called life. Right. And you're going to go through these moments, but if you find those healthy coping mechanisms, each time you go through a moment and you utilize one of those coping mechanisms, that's another tool on your belt. So when you get there again, you can say, hey, now I got tool A, B, and C. You know, I'm going to go with C today. I'm going to go ride a bike, or I'm going to go watch a movie, or I'm going to go to the gym, or I'm going to treat myself to a greasy cheeseburger. Whatever it is for you that gets you out of your funk, keep doing that. Keep practicing those things and just don't get stuck in the void. Don't get stuck in the empty find ways to fill it up right yeah and i feel like as a society we just kind of a lot of us fall into that you know uh i don't want to say the woe is me attitude but just kind of like don't do anything to make things better and i i hate using this phrase but some people you know look for that attention uh you know i've i've seen it firsthand where people just don't want to help themselves and you know, they want that validation of their feelings, which there's nothing wrong with that. Your feelings are 100% valid. But if you're not doing anything to remedy those negative feelings, to calm those demons down, essentially, it's going to get worse. And you're, you're going to end up to the point of where you're on so many different medications or you're just going to a therapist three times a week. You know, I, I've, I've seen every aspect of the negative side of mental health and I hate it and you know like my mom my mom is one of those types of people where 
she will say that she's getting help, but in reality, she's just wanting people to hear that instead of like seeing results. Because if realistically, if she were to get the kind of help that I've been getting these last three years, I think her and I would have a relationship, but she doesn't want to help herself. And unfortunately, that's just part of a narcissistic cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, There definitely comes a point where it's okay to ask for help. And I think we'll get into this as you ask some of these other questions. It's it's okay to ask for help, <clears throat> but Absolutely. are we helping are we helping ourselves first? Self care for me is being able and willing to ask for help. That's a part of it. Um, but I I did I did struggle a lot, and again we'll get into this with some of the questions I think you have coming my way. I did the whole woe is me. I'm crazy. I need someone else to tell me how to live my life. I need someone else to fix me. I need other people to make me okay. And then I woke up one day and I said, Derek what are you doing to make yourself okay? What are what, what, what steps are you taking? What actions are you putting in? What work, work and effort is coming from you to make yourself feel better? Because now I realize the, the best person to take care of me is me. And sometimes that means, yes, asking for help. But first I need to do some introspection. I need to evaluate how I'm feeling and then I need to make some steps. What am I going to do today to get myself in a healthier mind, mind, mindset, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, uh, I'm very strong on that message that it's okay to ask for help because so many people are are just stubborn to the fact of, you know, uh, I, I don't want to ask anybody for help. I can do this on my own. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being independent. There's nothing wrong with, you know, being strong, but you can only be strong for so long. And, right. you know, I know people that are mentally strong to the point of, I don't know how they endorse some of the things that they do, but I have seen those same people absolutely crumble because they just, they're, they're so used to being strong. They've never seen struggle before. And when they see that struggle, it's like, well, shit, what do I do now? And again, like we said earlier, you fall into that void. You fall into the, the, what was me attitude and just don't know what to do because they've never had to deal with it. Um, so tell us about your journey. What made you passionate about spreading your message to those struggling with mental health? Yeah, so <clears throat> I have always kind of poured myself into others. It's one of my it's one of my good traits. It can also be one of my toxic traits. There's a there's a balance that I have to figure out because I love to encourage other people. I love to help other people. I love to bring a big, bright smile to somebody else. And I love to have a big, bright smile myself. Um, For me, I want to share my journey with people because it's been so incredible hearing other people's journeys and how they've inspired me. You know, there's this meme that floats around on the internet and it says, it says your story might be somebody else's survival guide. And I love, I love to see that because it's so true. The only way that I can get through this life is by talking to other people. I'm not on this planet alone. We're in this thing called life together. So let's talk about life. And if you've been through something and you've struggled through something and you can tell me what that was and I can listen and I can maybe apply just one snippet of what you've said to my life to make it a little better, then why are we not talking about these things? Right. So I'm passionate about it because I love people. I love people and I know people love me. And I think that's that's really all I want to experience is, hey, life is really fucking hard. Sorry for my language, but <laughs> it is it is the most difficult thing that we're going to have to do while we're here is just live. And 
if there's something that we can do for one another to make it a little better, then sign me up. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's talk about our feelings. Let's talk about what what struggles we go through. Because at the end of the day, we're gonna we're gonna survive it, and we can't always do that on our own. Right. Yeah. And you know, um, when I first created uh, this mental health group, uh, I you know I didn't have a, a goal in mind. There wasn't like any intention behind it. It was just more so. I wanted to create that safe space for people to let them know that, you know, it's okay to feel the way that you're feeling and that there's other people going through. For a while, it was a big venting place for me because I didn't have a safe place of my own to, uh, to vent and heal in. And around the same time that I created the group, I think the end of 2020 is when I started therapy. Um, the group started blowing up in ways I never thought it was going to, you know, there's almost 1700 people in the group now. And I never in a million years thought I would get anywhere near a thousand, never mind almost 2000. Right. And when I first shared my story, um, you know, just looking back at some of my posts, like I'm a very raw person and mm-hmm. I, some of the things that I put in, in those posts, I go back and read it's like I don't even remember writing that mm-hmm. and like there was a post that I did uh about my mom uh something that I experienced when I was like 14 um and it took me two and a half hours I sat in my car writing after I posted it I looked at it the next day I don't remember writing any of it and going back it's just kind of like I blacked out writing it and when people started re- responding to it and it started getting like feedback, it's like, holy shit, like, how did you have the courage to write this? Mm-hmm. And after that moving forward, I genuinely wanted other people to start sharing their story. So when I turned the group private and people started sharing their story, there's a, a member in the group by the name of Tina. You may have seen her post a couple of times. When she first joined the group, she was probably one of the most silent, reserved people I've ever met in my life. Total sweetheart. One of my favorite human beings. Very to herself. And fast forward like a year and a half, I think it was when she started like interacting. Um, she's very open about what she struggles with. She's very open about uh, everything that she's going through. Now she has a mental health blog. And it's just like, she's told me that I've had a hand in her journey and I, I don't like blowing myself up. I don't like gassing myself up for any reason. But to hear people say that I'm even a little piece of their journey makes this whole thing to me just absolutely worth it. You know, the beautiful part in life is that once we cross paths, whether or not it's intentional, Chris, you're a part of my journey. This is my life. And so when you interact with somebody and you have an interaction or a conversation, or maybe it's just the greeter at Walmart giving you a really sweet hello, you can appreciate those moments as being a part of your life and you can apply them. I I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a store and I've had a rude cashier. And there are moments I want to be like, yo, if you don't like your job, get a new one. I don't know why you're being rude to me. Then there are moments I have these amazing sweet cashiers and it's like, oh, thank you for making me feel a little better. But now my perspective has changed, right? So when I go to the grocery store and I have a cashier that's maybe being rude or not so friendly, instead of snapping back and being rude back, it's like, hey, 
I don't know what you're going through. And I'm sorry that you're maybe in a mood that has you treating other people badly. But if I can smile at you and tell you that I hope you have a good day and that might turn it around and I'm going to do that instead because we're crossing paths for a reason and I can be a benefit or I can be a detriment. And I don't want to be a detriment to anybody. I want to be a benefit to the people that cross my path. So the fact that this group has started and someone like Tina can come in here and feel comfortable enough to share her story and then not only feel comfortable enough sharing her story, but growing in that process. And now she has her own blog. That's amazing. And you were a part of that. I mean, Chris, you've been a part of some of the things that I've been going through. The last year for me has been exponential in my growth. And you've been a huge part of that. And so I'm thankful for you because you're a part of my journey. So I'll gas you up. You don't got to gas yourself up because I'll do it for you, man. Like, I, I love you, man. And the thing is, like, we've never actually physically met, but we have this intense relationship thanks to the internet and those types of things. Right. So for me, the group has been, sorry, I keep messing with my earbud because oh, they're okay. not very, they're not very good. And every time I smile, they fall out. <laughs> um, the group for me has been a place, a place of safety. You know, I have a lot to say and sometimes we need to vent. And sometimes we need a safe place to do that. There are people in my physical realm and life that I can talk to, but maybe they don't need to hear some of the things that I need to say. So having the mental health movement group is a place I know I can go in the confounds of the safety of a private community. And I can say whatever I need to say, and it's okay. It's accepted, it's received, and it's it, there's feedback given on it. And sometimes the feedback is crucial and hard, not easy to deal with. I mean, the other day, Chris, you slapped me in the face. Do you remember? I'm going to share this because I think it was such a great, great moment for even our relationship. I was talking to Chris, everybody, and I was like, you know, man, I just I'm feeling it and I'm down and I, I can't I can't do anything but just take some time for myself or I'm not going to be worth a damn to anybody else. And Chris said, bullshit, you are worth a damn regardless of your mental mind state. And I said, oh, you're right. Just because I'm struggling today does not mean that I don't have worth and value. I still have worth and value. I'm just a human being struggling through this thing called life. And I'm thankful someone like you is a part of my journey to remind me when I'm being dumb that I still have worth and value. So thank you again for that. And anybody out there just feeling like you're not worth a damn because you're having a bad mental day, guess what? You're still worth the biggest damn, okay? So love yourself because we're going to love you until you can. Hell yeah, man. Uh, you know, like I said, whenever uh, we had that conversation, it's it's all about accountability, man. You got to hold uh, that negative self-talk accountable because if there's anybody who shreds themselves apart harder than um, than most, it's me. I am my own worst enemy in the worst way sometimes. I and, feel that. And sometimes you just need that person to tell you to shut the fuck up, part of my language, and, yeah. and realize that you're worth so much more than what those thoughts are saying in your head than those words you just wrote to me because at the end of the day, we need accountability. And that goes for, you know, people that, uh, you know, treated somebody wrong. That goes for people that uh, talk down about themselves, you know, whatever it is, you need to have accountability in everything you do, good or bad. Because if you can't acknowledge your struggle, you're never going to heal from that struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the first step of healing is acknowledging that you need to heal, you know, yeah. acknowledging that you have struggles that you don't know how to come back from, but healing is 100% possible, possible. Um, so what, is, what do you think is the biggest misconception about struggling with mental health? 
that you have to, I don't, you know, I don't know. That's, that's really hard. There's a lot of misconceptions in regards to struggling with mental health. Um, I think for me, Chris, and this is where my story gets a little bit personal. For me, the biggest misconception for my mental health was that I, I, I didn't have the power to make any changes. A little bit of background for me is I come from the church. I come from Christianity. Um, little disclaimer to anybody who, who out there has faith or practices, by, by, by all means, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. This is just me, and this is what I had to do to take care of myself. So by all, by all means, do you, whatever it, it is to get you out of bed. I, I had to walk away from my faith and from Christianity because the, the, the misconception I was struggling with was I couldn't do anything for myself. I had to, I had to ask a higher power. I had to ask a God. I had to ask uh, a church for all the help to get me to a place I needed to be. And for the longest time, I just, I struggled. There wasn't a lot of change. I struggled in silence. You know, I prayed. I, I did what I could in, in, in the confines of my faith to get better, but I wasn't doing anything for me. I was just having this faith that for me felt blind. I wanted to believe in it and I wanted to see some miraculous power just instantly change me. And there are stories in the Bible where that happens. So I think my faith took me there. Like God could do this. He really could. He could just snap his fingers and make me somebody totally new and, and somebody totally different. And it just never happened for me. I had to come to a place in my life where it's mental health, right? It's my mind. It's my brain. It's my thinking. It's my thoughts. It's my emotions. It's me, 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 me. What am I doing about that? What am I doing to address it, to deal with it, to dissect it, to, to, to get to a place where I can heal? So for me, the biggest misconception in, 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 in mental health is that and I know we've talked about this and this might be a little controversial I, I'm all for asking for help I'm with that I support it 100% I think that help starts with yourself you you have to get to a place where like I said you have to even be willing to ask for help well if you're willing to ask for help you've made the first step of taking care of yourself you've made a decision for yourself to say I need help that's good I'm with that for me I've done that I've done the whole asking for help Sometimes it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you ask for help and you don't get it. I, I've had to really start just focusing on one foot in front of the other. What am I doing for me today? What step can I make? What thought can I rearrange? What emotion can I address? And how am I going to do that? And then if I process those things and at the end of my process, I still need to ask for a little bit of guidance or help, I can do that. But for me, you and this 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 applies in so many areas of your life. People cannot do anything until they help themselves. You have to help yourself. I can tell you everything until I'm blue in the face. I can give you all the facts. I can give you all the logic. I can give you all the reason, but that's not going to get you up and get you fighting for yourself. Nobody can do that but you. I see so many people struggle with alcoholism, addiction, mental health issues who are just like, I can't do this. And I look at them and I say, are you trying? Are you fighting? Are you doing everything in your power to fix what's wrong? And some things can't be fixed. And I get that. But we've got to get up and fight for ourselves. If we're not going to fight for ourselves, we can't expect the world to fight for us. They might fight for us. People might rally for you. But you've got to do it. You've got to get up and take man, the proper steps. Absolutely. Um, so 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, no, you're, uh, you're good. I was, I was just gonna say, um, just to kind of bounce off of, uh, you know, off of that conversation, I myself have had uh, bad experiences with uh, the religious community. You know, uh, growing up, my grandparents were, you know, very heavy on on what they believed in and their church and everything. And anything that I wore going over to their house, there was always judgment and. Uh, you know, I was always told you need to go to church to be a good person and and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, growing up, that was a huge turnoff for me, uh, just involving myself in that community because of said judgment. Now, fast forward to when my brother passed away, which will be almost two years uh, in August. Um, we went to his service and, you know, we had everybody had something written down. We were all wanting to do a speech for him because you know it meant the world to us to do that right so when the pastor was was talking about Santi um you know he was just I, I don't I don't know what drove him to just kind of go this route but he started talking about mental health saying God gave you depression and God this God that and I was just kind of like we just lost our brother bro to a to an irresponsible driver and you're gonna and you're gonna just ram that down people's throats. And, and again, like, like you just said, nothing against to anybody that has beliefs in God or higher power or attends church. Absolutely no judgment towards you guys whatsoever. In my personal experience, I I am strongly against going that route in helping myself simply because of bad experiences. And for somebody to just use the word of God in light of uh, a passing, a passed away family member, like a, a brother like mine. Was. And to sit there and say that God gives you depression and God, this God, that, and, and pray because you lost your brother. Praying is not going to bring him back. Praying is not going to do anything for me personally. I, I understand the concept of praying and I understand the concept of religion. Santi was very religious and he always gave me the word of God and that was just who he was as a person but for me personally with my family members and then that experience with that pastor I just I can't bring myself personally to ever put faith in a church or belong to a certain religion I firmly believe in putting in good energy in the universe and it coming back I, I don't believe in in praying and I don't believe in going to church and again nothing against people who believe in any of that. It's just not for me personally. Yeah. So for me, my biggest struggle is I, I spent so long just wanting to change. I, I wanted to change my, my, my thinking, my patterns, my behavior. And I gave myself to a religion, to a, a, a God that, you know, promises change promises to do these things and again it goes back to what we were saying before i was solely dependent on somebody else for my my mental health i wasn't doing anything i was putting almost like all of that responsibility off on something or someone else i wasn't taking any responsibility for myself i was saying well you know i'm just supposed to give this all to god i'm supposed to let him do everything and then I woke up one day and realized that's not working. What am I doing for me? What am I? I'm here. I'm in the physical realm. I can see myself. I can touch myself. 
What am I doing for myself today to feel better? I can no longer give myself to anyone or anything until I've given myself to me first. So for me, you know, religion's cool. Handle your business. That's all fine. No qualms about it. Personally, I felt like I was, I was indoctrinated and convinced that I had to be solely dependent on a God to have any kind of satisfaction or peace in my life. And I just, I got to call bullshit. I, I do not need a God or, or even another person in my life to experience satisfaction or peace. I, I can fight for that every day on my own. And I may not attain it. I may not find satisfaction and I may not find peace all the time, but there are moments that I do. And when I do, I relish in that because maybe I go on a walk and I see a tree in the middle of fall and there's 15 different colors. I get to look at that tree and I get to be satisfied with what I'm looking at. And I have satisfaction. Or maybe I eat a really big greasy cheeseburger after a long day that I get to pay for with my hard-earned money. I'm satisfied that I got to eat a greasy cheeseburger. Sometimes I have a really difficult conversation with you, Chris, and you slap me in the face with some real shit. And I have peace and joy because the relationships in my life are real. So what my focus has been is not so much this faith in things that I can't see, but putting faith in the things that I can and doing the things that I can, the here and the now, that's that's my focus. I, I no longer wanna be dependent on somebody else or something else to bring me peace and joy. Derek is gonna fight for his peace and joy. And when the day comes where I can't, I can't find it, there are other people in the world who can help me navigate this life. So <clears throat> that's just kind of where I'm at with it. Again, if, 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 if going to church or praying works for you and that's, that's a way that you take care of yourself, I encourage that. Um, my biggest struggle is don't tell me that I can't live my journey my way. Don't tell me that it's not true satisfaction or it's not true peace because that's what I experience. Whether you believe it or not, you may say that's not true peace or true satisfaction. Well, that's your opinion. That's not a fact. For me, if I'm experiencing peace or I'm experiencing satisfaction, you don't get to tell me that it's not real because that's my reality. So I appreciate your opinion. Keep it to yourself next time. Right, yeah. And you know, I feel like that's, that's one of the biggest uh, things I feel like I've, I've struggled with with people within the religious community is they feel like everything that they're sharing with you is fact and not yeah. an opinion. And, and again, guys, uh, you know, for my listeners that, that tune in every week, if you're heavy on religion and this offends you, this conversation offends you, I sincerely apologize um, just for the simple fact that there's not meant to be any judgment in this conversation. It's more so this needs to be a raw conversation and this needs to be shared because I feel like there's so many people that are within that religious community that feel this way that just don't know how to speak up about it because you're afraid to be outed. You know, I yeah. have one yeah. of my best friends, Victoria, uh, you know, she was a uh, deep fellowship and she struggled with that forever. And, you know, she had to go to uh, a, a Mormon um, a therapist because she was, uh, um defellowshipped and you know mm -hmm. everything that she was doing with her life and uh just was always un hidden under uh, a microscope you know and i don't want to be put under a microscope by hundreds of people i'll never have conversations with you know and yeah. and again i i just me personally i i don't see if i had an addiction problem i don't see praying making that better you have to right, right. Right, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, right, yeah. I try to I try to understand when people 
have conversations like that with me. It's just like, oh, well, you know, you're struggling with, with a meth addiction. Just pray. But what? Well, well, it's like this. Like, okay, so we're going to get to this because it's part of my journey. But uh, I'm recently out as a bisexual man, right? And I, I love hearing this statement, like, pray the gay away. And it's like, I tried. And guess what? No, it didn't happen. <laughs> so I'm just going to accept who I am. It's just that's what I'm going to do now because not accepting who I am was putting me in some dark places. So like the, the drug addiction, like you can't just you can't just mumble some words and, and expect your life to change. It just doesn't right. happen. Chris, I, I have to backtrack. I have to backtrack a little bit. You said like you apologize and you don't mean to offend anybody. And I'm the same way. I, I certainly want to bring people joy and not offense. But but I have to advocate here. I might offend you and you might offend me. And that is oh. Okay, we can still love each other. We can still be friends. We can disagree. A matter of fact, I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and he said some, some things to me that I was like, yo, I just don't agree. I don't even like what you're saying and my feelings are a little bit hurt. That is still my best friend. And I told him, hey, I'm glad that you and I can have these conversations because if I had everyone in my life with the same mindset, we all thought the same things, we all believed the same things, God, that would be such a boring life. I like that we can talk about the hard things. I like that we can disagree. It gives me opportunity to learn a little bit about you and you can learn a little bit about me. And then we can take that knowledge. We can apply it if we want to, and we can continue growing and living. So yes, no offense meant to anybody out there, but if you're offended, I'm the kind of guy that's like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about, let's, we don't have to fight about it. We don't, I don't got to fight or argue or debate. Share your thoughts, share your feelings. It's really good for the soul. And I'll share mine. Let's just, at the end of it, promise to continue to love each other because that's really all we need. Right. We don't got to hate each other. It's okay to disagree. So so two things. Um, the first thing I, I just want to throw out there because I know it's just kind of like in mid-conversation, but uh, I just wanted to, you know, congratulate you for feeling comfortable with yourself to uh, to come out like you have yes, and absolutely i think it's important to uh identify who you are as a person so you know i i admire your strength for, for being able to do that especially on a public platform um so you know it's very I, it's very exciting for me thank you yes yeah, i'm happy for you man truly I, I think you're you're a great person and uh you know i'm really happy that you've reached this part of your journey where you feel comfortable enough to do to do so yep. um and the second part um, is, you know, we, you and I had this conversation the other night about communication. Uh, you know, let's talk about it. You know, we disagree. Let's talk about it. And so many people struggle with the word communicate. Because yeah. we're in a society where everything needs to be debated, but nobody wants to understand why you're debating, uh, you know, whether that's politics, whether that's religion, whatever it is. I can't even tell you how many people I disagree with on all of those levels and I can't share my opinion. I mean, I can, but it turns into an argument and I'm like you, I want to talk. I want to communicate about it. But if it gets to a point where it's turning into insults, it's turning into anger. It's like, I don't want to talk anymore because yeah. I'm the type of person where if you can't communicate like an adult, I don't want to talk and talk with you at all because we're not in high school anymore, dude. I'm almost 31 years old. I'm not trying to do this shit anymore. It's just like, if you can't talk to me like an adult, this conversation doesn't need to happen. You know, right. I have 50-year-old family members that can't talk like an adult. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Yeah, I know. 
And the thing is like, okay, so you're having a conversation, things get heated and maybe you get angry. So take a breath, maybe stop the conversation, reassess. Either the conversation can continue or it's incredibly appropriate to say this conversation cannot continue. So you stop the conversation. Maybe you come back to it, maybe you don't, but there's no need to continue in the animosity because that's not good for anybody. You know, we're going to have our feelings, people. That's okay. Let's just not let them drive us. Let's drive our feelings. Our feelings shouldn't drive us. Our emotions shouldn't drive us. We should drive them. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's very difficult to do. I get that. Sometimes my emotions hit me like a train and I'm on the ground for 15 minutes. That's okay. But when you're cognizant and you're with other people and you're having a conversation, take a deep breath in, reassess and move forward or walk away. That's okay. But yes, I definitely am the kind of guy that loves to talk about it. Yeah. And I think boundaries are super important too. Like you said, uh, possibly going back to that conversation or not. Boundaries. And Absolutely. I've had to set so many boundaries with my family. Um, my godmom, uh, I haven't talked to her in probably over a year now. Um, we got into this really big fight. Um, she was in the mental health group for a little bit. And her and I don't agree pol- politically. You know, whatever. That That's neither here nor there. She would comment on all my posts uh, on things that she didn't agree with. And it was always just nasty messages or just like those snide comments. So I messaged her. I said, hey, I respect your opinion and I respect your beliefs. I don't go out of my way to comment on the stuff that you say and say this is wrong because you did the X, Y, Z. I said, I would appreciate if you can respect my boundaries and stop talking about uh, you know, politics, because I'm just, I think if there's any conversation in the world that brings ignorance out of everybody, it's politics. <laughs> and I, I basically told her, I said, you know, you got to respect my boundaries because I'm not going to have this argument with a 50 year old woman who's acting like a fucking 15 year old. And she got upset because I set that boundary. So I took yeah. her off the mental health group. I'm like, yeah, this is not happening. Yeah. Because she just she doesn't know boundaries and i think that word goes hand in hand with communication there are so many big words in uh mental health that i think we should capitalize on like communication is not easy so by all means i don't expect everyone to know how to do that i don't know how to do that sometimes i struggle real hard with communication but that's something we should focus on right we should definitely focus on the fact that we have the ability the way that we communicate is with our voices communication is what we do we should put some time and effort into doing that as, as healthy as we can. But boundaries, oh God, I'm learning so much about boundaries. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit on a tangent on that one because lately I've had to set quite a few. Let me tell you, if you're struggling to set a boundary in your life, I get it. I understand. It's not easy to be vulnerable with someone enough to say, hey, I need you to not do this for my own sake. That's a boundary. Telling somebody, I need you to respect me, even if it's hard for you, because it's what I need. When you're able to do that, when you can set a boundary, one, not only does that give you the ability to say, hey, I've set a boundary. And now that you've crossed it, I can make a new decision and walk away. So communicate. It starts with communication. Two, you're protecting yourself. You're putting walls up. You have boundaries. You know what you can and can't handle. I think that's incredible. Some people don't know what they can and can't handle until they're in the middle of it. And then they're freaked out. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. Well, guess what? I've dealt with that. I don't want to deal with it again. So I'm putting up a boundary. 
And if you cross that boundary, I don't have to react or respond. I can simply say, hey, you've crossed a boundary. And now I know for me, I need to get out of this relationship or this friendship or this conversation or this drive through, whatever the case may be. I also, in regards to boundaries and not just other people, I'm learning that I can set boundaries with my dogs. There are moments I want to be alone in my room. So I'm going to kick my dogs out. That's okay. I'm setting a personal boundary with my animals. It's awesome. And I love that. Like, I love my dogs. Don't get me wrong. They're my snuggle buddies. But there might be a day where it's like, sorry, guys, you got to sleep on the couch because I need my space. So boundaries can be set with people, places, and things. And you should set them up because that's a part of self-care and self-protection. And we're worth taking care of ourselves. So yes, me and boundaries, we're, we're, we're having a great relationship right now. I love setting <laughs> them. I've, I've been setting them. I want to continue to set them. And they're great. And the cool thing is, Chris, for me, I haven't been setting boundaries a lot in my life. So I'm almost like excited for someone to like cross one. So I can be like, Ooh, yay, let's deal with that. <laughs> like, I've set it, I've set a boundary and now I get to deal with the ramifications of you crossing that boundary. I don't right. want that to happen. I set them for a reason, but I'm, I'm so excited right now with my journey in the mental health movement where it's like, I'm going to do some things that are new for me, like setting boundaries. That means I'm going to also experience what those boundaries feel like when they're crossed. And I get to prepare myself for that. So again, that, that comes back to just thinking about what I'm thinking about and preparing myself for life. Um, but yeah, two, two great words, communication and boundary. Definitely want to look those up and have those written on my walls. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and just to kind of transition off of the self-care conversation. So what does self-care look like for you? And what message would you give those who don't quite understand the benefits of self-care? So we talked a little bit about that earlier on in the podcast. Uh, definitely okay to ask for help. For me, it starts with yourself. You got to get up every day. You got to remind yourself that you're worth fighting for. Positive affirmation for me has been absolutely crucial. I have spent so many years feeling like I'm just a dirty, rotten sinner who can't do anything for himself. Well, now I wake up every morning and I tell myself, Derek, what are you going to do today for yourself? Self-care is so many things. You can't define it. You can't put it in a box because self-care for me, I'll just, I'll give you some examples. One, one thing that I did the moment my life kind of got rocky and, and, and shaken up, I, I got a gym membership, super simple, nothing crazy, 10 bucks a month. Now I know that I have a place to go work out my frustrations when I need to. Um, that's, that's one part of my self-care. Uh, it's, 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 it's things like that. Sometimes for me, I'm okay. I'm definitely a foodie. And I know that food can be difficult for people. It can become a bad thing to, to use as a coping mechanism. So you got to be careful with it. For me, there are moments I just want a really greasy cheeseburger. And so I'm going to go get a really greasy cheeseburger and I'm going to eat it and I'm probably going to regret it, but I'm going to enjoy it while I have it. Um, for me, self-care, doing, doing uh, this with you, talking, talking about what I struggle with, what I go through, getting it out there and in the open, that's a form of self-care. If you're struggling today with taking care of yourself, that's a really hard struggle. And my heart breaks for you because it's not easy to take care of yourself. It's not, it's not. But I, I promise you when you get to a place where you, you know that you're worth fighting for and you start to focus on yourself, the liberty that comes from taking care of yourself is exhilarating. Again, you may have to ask for help and that's okay. Asking for help is a part of self-care too. That's you admitting you need help. I love, I love that we can do that. Um, yeah, man, it's just, it's been an incredible journey for me. I think there are even more things 
coming my way uh, that are going to show me that self-care is a plethora of things. It's, it's me waking up. It's me inhaling. It's me exhaling. It's me saying, I'm going to face today and it might be a beautiful day and it might also be a terrible day, but I'm standing on my own two feet. I'm breathing this air in and I'm going to face the world. And until I'm dead, that's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to live and learn and grow. You know, there, there was something in there that uh, that you said about the self-care conversation of uh, being a foodie, uh, you know, like myself, I'm a foodie too, you know, and it can be a really bad. Really <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, it, it brings me to a conversation that I have with my other best friend, Caleb. Um, I always feel guilty because soda is my weakness. If I have one, it's just like shit. I feel like I fell off the wagon. What's two going to hurt? And then yep. and it'll just, you get stuck in that cycle of, uh, of your body. Just, uh, it, you know, it's an addiction in a sense. You know, I, I know people kind of like, I'm sure might roll their eyes at saying, oh, sugar's not an addiction. It is absolutely an addiction. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, you can't beat yourself up over one soda. You know, if you're going to the gym and you're putting in the work and taking care of yourself on the other days that you're not drinking that soda, you know, it's okay to fall off every now and again as long as you don't fall into that into that pit of of just eating like shit and just uh, mistreating your body again because i know for the longest time for me um it was always eating really bad or just overeating sometimes out of anxiety and uh you know just recently i re-signed up at the gym and my most recent uh therapy session my even my therapist said oh I don't ever focus on weight, but uh, she waited until I said something and she's like, but you look like you've lost weight. And to hear that kind of gratification that you're trying to take care of yourself, because for me, therapy was fixing what's up here. You know, my brain, my soul, my heart, my inner child, all bruised, all battered, and didn't know how to heal all those things. Meanwhile, having to uh, hear from family members insulting me about my size, insulting me about my weight. You know, my, my, my grandfather, a couple weeks ago, not a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, I was helping him put, uh, put rocks in his front yard. Uh, Cause I guess they got flooded out. So it flushed out all the rocks he had there. And uh, I was grabbing one of the bags. It's like, Oh, you look like you've lost weight. You're still big, but I'm like, what? How does that do you think about shit before you say it? And and I shit you not, Derek. He sent me a birthday card talking about my weight, bro. <laughs> In the mail. I opened it up and I read it. And I thought I was reading it wrong. Like I'm like, that can't be what he said. And he's like, oh, wishing you a happy birthday and, and hoping that uh, you're taking care of your physical health because, you know, while your mental health is good to take care of, you also need to take care of your weight. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Again, boundaries, man. And mm-hmm. he is the only family member in my life right now I haven't put up that boundary with. And I know it's something out of self-care uh, that I need to do. And I just got to wait for the opportunity for that conversation, I guess. I get it. Hey, just on a, on a quick personal note, Chris, you and I are pretty big Husky men. We're probably always going to be big. So that's all right with me. I might lose some weight. And I might tone it up, but I'm always going to be a beast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've struggled with that. You know, I, I used to really have some self body image issues. Um, 
And that's okay. And some days I do, and some days I don't. But as long as today I'm making even one step towards correcting bad behavior, like the soda thing, I get the soda thing, man. I love me some pop. There might be a day where it's like, no, mentally, I'm going to have me a soda because I need it. I need it right now. But then there are days where it's like, nah. So I've been on my own the last couple of months. And you know, it, I, I'm a monster guy. I drink monsters. Right. I shouldn't drink them. I know they're bad. I know yep. they're terrible. And I, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to go to the gym. I'm trying to eat better. So if I have a monster, I made a decision to have a monster. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. If I don't want to beat myself up over having a monster, guess what? I can just choose not to have the monster. <laughs> so yeah, I might have one today. I might have one tomorrow and that's okay. I'm, I'm Look, self-care. Let's get back to that for a minute. It is a process. It doesn't just happen one day. Losing weight, doesn't just happen overnight. Getting better mentally doesn't happen overnight. These are processes. We have to walk through these things. We have to learn. Okay, if I drink a soda, that means that I might have a second. On that second soda, I know I start to feel guilty. So light bulb goes off. Okay, have one soda. Don't feel bad. Stop yourself from having a second one. That's you applying what you've learned in your journey to your life, and you're making better steps to the future. So get out there, people, make mistakes, just learn from them, all right? Just learn from those mistakes. It's okay to make them. Don't beat yourself up over them. Learn from them. That's right. what life's about. And, and, so. I, and I know I know it's really hard for a lot of people, including myself, to not beat yourself up over it, especially if you were ever bullied. Um, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, I know it's a, it's a, I always found it's a strange conversation to have with other guys about bullying because it's just kind of like, oh, well you're a guy don't be a pussy again pardon my language on that one but that's yeah those are terms i've i've heard said to me because i was bullied as a kid by my parents by classmates i had a person i thought was my bully in high school on my podcast you know we had that conversation before the podcast said hey man uh you know i perceived you as a bully because you pushed me around you used to tease me all the time you know like did you hate me like I don't understand like he wasn't responsible for where I'm at mentally with bullying but he was a part of it mm -hmm. and he's like oh I, I've you know I've never had a problem with you Chris I, I like you you're a good guy and uh he's like you know I just some people take my playing around as a, a little too aggressive and, and whatnot but you know I'm sorry that you felt like it was bullying you and that was that was humongous for me you know I've never in a million years thought I would have somebody who treated me the way he treated me just to have that real conversation uh about bullying about all that stuff man and listen guys um for for all the parents especially always listen to what your kids uh, are struggling with you know um bullying is becoming worse every single day um I, I'm getting tired of seeing uh, suicide being the result. Um, you know, like I talked about my last, last podcast with that 14-year-old girl. Um, suicide being the number two killer in age group 10 to 24 is unacceptable. <clears throat> and I just, I genuinely want to <clears throat> let everybody know. Uh, encourage your kids that it's okay to speak up about anything that they're going through. Anything at all. Don't don't uh, bully your kid. Don't make them feel bad about talking about something. Let them speak their mind. If they're doing something wrong, it's okay to discipline them. But 
you know, there, there's, there's that, there's that weird gray area of disciplining too. You know, don't abuse your kid. But anyway, um, moving on from that conversation, because I know that's, that's something I feel really heavy on and I don't want to get on a tangent on that, but. Um, well, let me, let me just add something, Chris, if that's okay. Go ahead. Having, having the background that I do, I know I said in the beginning of this, I've been institutionalized twice, both for suicidal ideations. I, I've definitely been a man who has struggled with not knowing how to live life and thinking that the, the better option for me is death. So I get it. I get the struggle. Life is hard. Life, life is very difficult and you're going to have to just live it. So if you're struggling with not, not knowing how or not wanting to absolutely reach out, talk to somebody, find somebody you can talk to, find somebody you can talk to that's going to listen and not judge you. I don't care if that's a parent, a, a friend, a therapist, a, a stranger. It doesn't matter. You are not alone in the world. And my heart breaks for anybody who feels like they can stand on this planet full of billions of people and feel alone. I get it. I understand what it feels like to be in a crowd of people and feel like nobody sees you. We see you. This whole movement is about letting you know that you are seen, you are heard, you are worth it, and we are here to support you. We're going to love you until you can love yourself. I promise you, you have support. Don't feel alone, though sometimes you can't control your feelings. Reach out. That's, that's, that's definitely a moment where you got to say, hey, I'm sinking. My hand is up. We're going to reach out and grab your hand. We're going to help pull you out of that, that muddy water, okay? So... Definitely a huge um, supporter of talking about suicide because I think that it is absolutely um, pushed to the side. I used to hate being told like, oh, it's just for attention or you, you just, I don't even know. Like you can't describe to somebody else what it feels like for you inside just wanting to not exist. I can't convey those thoughts. I can't convey those emotions. All I can tell you is I feel them. And that's okay. I have learned to say, hey, I'm feeling this way. Somebody talk to me about it and let's move yeah. on. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep fighting. And I may come back to those thoughts. But now, like we talked about earlier, I have these tools in my belt where it's like, hey, I'm feeling a particular way. What did I do last time to get away from this thinking? Let's go back to that. Coping skills, coping mechanisms. What am I doing? Resources. You're not alone, people. We love you. All right. Just know that. Absolutely, man. Um what do you feel is the most important lesson you've learned about yourself in this journey of healing? Oh, that I matter. I matter. I matter and you matter. The, the most important thing that I've learned is I'm a human being. I am an imperfect, flawed human being. I make mistakes. I, I, I sometimes say and do dumb shit. Um, I still matter. I still matter. I do not have to beat myself up over the mistakes that I've made. I get to now through these new lenses I'm, I'm looking through, look at those things and apply those things to my life moving forward. It's all about that growth, uh, that self-care. Hey, look at the things in your life that you've done. What can you learn from it? And how can you apply it to not go back? I don't have to say, oh man, I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many terrible things that my life just isn't worth it anymore. So I have this way of thinking, Chris, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative guy. I'm an artist. I like to paint. I like to write. I like to do things. 
if I mess a painting up, I want to rip it up and start all over again, right? Like I just get rid of the canvas, throw it away, get a new one, start over. Well, guess what? I cannot apply that to my life. I can apply that to a canvas. I can throw the canvas away and get a new one, but I can't throw my life away and get a new one. But that's the way I've been thinking for so long is, oh, my life is just screwed up and ruined. I wish I could just rip it up and start over. Well, I can't. But I can tell you that I can paint over, I can erase, I can add things, I can contrast, I can highlight, I can do all kinds of different things to make the image look better, right? I no longer want to feel like I'm not worth it because I've made a mistake. My mistakes are what teach me and help me grow. So, yeah, I mean, I hope that answers your question. I think for no, me, absolutely. The, the biggest um, thing is I'm worth fighting for. Yeah, and I, I think that's probably, shit, that's probably one of the most important lessons you can ever discover uh in your healing journey is you know that you matter uh, self-love is another thing i feel like is something uh, most of us struggle with you know it's hard to look in the mirror and say that you love that person sometimes because maybe maybe you drank too much the the previous night maybe you got to a really big argument with somebody and you're not friends with that person anymore and you look at yourself in the mirror it's like i'm the reason for that i'm uh, I'm the reason that uh, this relationship failed or whatever the case is. Um, and, and, you know, uh, again, I'll probably say this word again. Accountability is the number one thing uh, I feel like uh, any any aspect of your healing journey is acknowledgement and accountability. Because if you don't have either one of those things, you're never going to heal. Because yeah. you can go to therapy. You know, I, I, I encourage it to so many. And I know it's not for everybody. Um, my therapist is amazing, but you have to know what you want to work on. Therapy, while yes, it's for venting, but it's also coming up with a plan to heal. You're supposed right. to have a long-term plan and a short-term plan. What does the next six months look like for you? Where do you want to be in six months? You don't have to uh, just go into therapy and say, oh, well, this is how my week went. You don't have to do that. And like the there's always that misconception of therapy that, oh, well, it's just there to vent. I have friends for that. It's it's not. It's not just for venting. It's it's there to breathe life into your soul. It's it's there to uh, open open up that person that's been hiding inside of you for, for all those years. It's honoring your inner child. That's another really big phrase I absolutely love more than anything in the world my my therapist just gave me that you know she gave me the honor of your inner child and it took me a little bit to understand what exactly that meant and that's going back to your past self and forgiving yourself for that argument forgiving yourself for that broken relationship you know uh having grace within yourself you know mm -hmm. and i i feel once you can start accepting peace into your heart and forgiving yourself for your flaws healing comes tenfold man and, mm -hmm. you know, you absolutely matter. And I, I say that to everybody. You you guys all matter and you're 100% better than your thoughts. Whatever yeah. the demons are telling you, man. Absolutely. Yeah, our thoughts can be a, a wicked thing sometimes. So I, I learned uh, in my life that I, I don't want to... I, I'm trying to think of how this goes. I don't want to mess it up. But instead of letting my thoughts talk to me, I'm going to talk to my thoughts, right? So I can say some pretty off the wall things to myself. And I gotta, I gotta look at those thoughts and I gotta say, okay, this is what you're saying to me, but I'm allowed to respond 
I'm allowed to address you and respond. So instead of letting my mind just tell me how I'm going to do things, I get to say, yo, yo, wait a minute. Let's talk about this. We can have a conversation. Yeah, it's okay to talk to yourself. It's a very healthy thing to do, actually. Talk to yourself. Don't just let your thoughts run rampant because it might take you places you don't want to go. And if you're not dealing with those things, you're going to find yourself in sticky situations. So slow your roll. Talk to yourself. Remind yourself. Those, those, those daily affirmations I was telling you about, man, positive affirmation is powerful. It is so powerful to wake up, look in the mirror, and say, I am worth fighting for today. I might have bedhead. I might not be the prettiest. I might be fat. That's cool. I'm a work in progress. Until I'm dead, I am a work in progress. I am continuing to work and strive every day. So every day I wake up and I say, you know what? I might not be perfect today. I might never attain being perfect, but I'm going to keep working towards not, I mean, not being perfect because I don't think that's obtainable, but I'm going to okay. progress, not perfection, right? Like I'm going to keep progressing in my life to be better every single day. And though I may have failed yesterday and I'm probably going to fail again today, that does not mean that I have to stop trying. Right. So self-care, remind yourself that you're worth caring for. If you don't, if you don't think you're worth anything, you're not going to take care of yourself. So it starts with that. You have got to know that you matter. You are on this planet. you got breath in your lungs. You have the ability to keep walking. So keep walking. Don't give up. Don't give up. And when you feel like you're going to give up or you can't continue on like we've been talking about, that's when you reach out for help because there's help out there. And other people will tell you that you matter, even if you don't think you do. It's kind of like you said to me, Chris, when I said, I'm not worth a damn to anybody if I'm not taking care of myself. And you said, bullshit, you are worth a damn. Just because you're not where you, you want to be today or need to be today does not mean that you don't have value. And it was so easy for me to just fall right back into that old behavior and say, oh, I don't matter because I'm not okay today. I'm not healthy today. So I don't have any worth. That is bullshit. I'm struggling. I still have all that worth and value within me. I'm just struggling today to see it. And that's why people like you and other people in the community are important to remind you that you matter. Right. So the most important thing to me in this journey is to remember that I matter. And you matter too. Thank you, man. I, I greatly appreciate you. Um, so the, there's one question on here uh, that kind of wanted to pick your brain on. Um, obviously, being being a man yourself, uh, you know, we've gone through our trials and tribulations with, uh, with mental health and just kind of, uh, I guess, struggling with how to feel our feelings and how to express them. Um, do you think men are held to a higher standard when it comes to facing mental health struggles? And have you yourself faced any adversity dealing with your own demons? So I've been lucky enough to not feel uh, the adversity being a man. I have a great mother who is a very large advocate for mental health. So I got a lot of support being a man who struggled with mental health just from my, my mom. But in my experience with my, my, my friends and my circles, there is absolutely uh, a stigma to men and mental health. Like you said in the beginning, Chris, men are supposed to be manly men. They're supposed to just get the job done. They're supposed to not have feelings. Um, Bullshit. <laughs> Absolute and utter bullshit. Okay. We're human beings. There should be no difference between a man or a woman who's struggling with mental health. We all have a mind. It's either healthy or it's not. So I, if there was one thing I can say to the world about men who struggle with mental health, I, I give them some grace. All right. Because they already feel like they can't struggle so when they do struggle, don't judge them for it. Say, you know what? I think it's incredibly manly of you to admit your feelings. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story here, okay? 
this is kind of the experience I've had recently. I I purchased the hoodie on Facebook. I was super proud of myself because I never do that, right? But I, I found this hoodie and it says, I'm broken, but the I'm and the okay and broken are red. So it says, I'm broken, I'm okay. And I saw that and I was like, oh, I love that because I can be broken and I can be okay at the same time. Well, somebody commented on this hoodie on Facebook and I can get a little like, let's talk about it, right? I'm that, I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. And he was saying like, oh, how manly of you to, you know, wear this stupid hoodie, you know, admitting your feelings. It's, it makes you look not manly at all. And I was like, no, bro, I completely disagree. I think it's one of the manliest things you can do to admit your feelings. To me, and I'm going to get a little personal here, like not only is that exciting, it's sexy, it's fun, like men who can own their shit, own it because you're a person. I, I think to me, it's like, I, I, I had a friend in my life who just refused to deal with his emotions, refused to address his demons. And I watched him drown. I watched him become a, a terrible alcoholic. And he just, he cannot deal with certain things in his life because he won't admit his feelings. And it's like, you know, I've been there. I will not go back. I'm a man. So what? That has nothing to do with my mental health. My sex organ has nothing to do with my mental health. So people be patient, be graceful with anybody and everybody, but especially men, because I think that they do feel like they're held to a higher standard and not being able to express themselves. I want to encourage every man out there struggling to express yourself. Please, please, please express yourself. Okay. We love you. And for someone like me, it can be a big turn on to the ladies, even to the men, like talk about your feelings. Don't be a stone wall. Okay. You don't have to be. Um, okay. Uh, just uh this is the the last question i had um just kind of a i like to ask my guests uh, that come on here if there could be one thing about the mental health community you know like in the, in the profession of mental health that you can change or improve rather what would that be you know so it, in the profession i think a lot of psychiatrists, psychologists, social workers, nurses. I think a lot of the people who work in this industry, there are some gems out there. I've met some amazing people in the mental health profession that truly, truly, truly care about their patients. There are a lot out there who do not. And I, I cannot stand when you go to a doctor and they make you feel like you're nothing but insurance money. That makes me angry. I'm a person and I'm coming to you um, in your profession because I need your help. And I don't want to feel like I'm just a dollar bill to you. That is a very uncomfortable and unwelcoming feeling. Um, so with that being said, I've personally had to fire psychiatrists. I've had to find new ones. I've had to get multiple therapists. I mean, you can do that. Search. Search for the person that's going to work for you. But I think mental health is not taken as seriously as it should. Uh, with the pandemic hitting and with all the things that have happened the last couple of years, it took me nine weeks to see a therapist. I had to wait on a waiting list. When I called them, I was hysterical. I was not okay. I needed help right then and there. And it took eight, nine weeks to get there. It's like, this is a serious condition. When our minds aren't right, we need sometimes immediate intervention. And for me, I was always told like, well, you can go, you know, check yourself into you know, the hospital. It's like, you know, I, I can't do that because I have a job. I have bills. I have a family. Like I have to be able to function. There's not, there's not 
there's not a lot of walk-in clinics and there should be, this should be blowing up. There should be places people can go that are safe to say, Hey, I need to talk to somebody right now. We have, we have, and, and that's why I love this group because we have those resources. They might, they might not be professional resources because that's just kind of the world we live in and it kind of sucks. But I know for me, Chris, when I come home and I'm struggling and I need to talk, there's 1700 people on this movement page that I can say, hey, I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to listen. And guess what? I always get more than one person responding. I get like a plethora of people. And sometimes I like what they say and sometimes I don't, but I always feel better after I share what I got to say. So my biggest thing is professionals get a little better, but until then my people got my back. Yeah, you know, I, I... I've mentioned this in a, in a previous podcast about there being a lot of people in that community that just do it for money. And yeah. I get it. I understand you've gone to school for eight to 12 years to do something that you thought you wanted to do. Right. And, you know, I, I think just being a therapist alone, I, I hold you in the highest regard because it's a tough job. You know, I, I've, I've worked on the, I've worked with the crisis hotline, uh, text line, and some of the conversations I've had on there, man, it's just like, you got to feel for some of these therapists because they, they endure a lot, man. Yeah. Like if there's anybody who endures, it's, it's a therapist, it's a social worker, it's the child protective services, like all of those people that are in that, that group or in that conversation deal with a lot they they endure a lot from their patients and and i know that's what they signed up for you know that's what they knew they wanted to do at least most of them you know again there are that handful of therapists and, and psychiatrists and whatnot that only do it for a paycheck i've had an experience with one who was in it for the paycheck and she was awful um i'm grateful where i'm at right now um it's been almost three years that I've been in therapy and it's, it's been some of the greatest, some of the greatest, most productive uh, conversations I've ever had with somebody that's not in my immediate circle. And I, I hold her in the highest possible regard. Um, but it, it's, it's heartbreaking to see so many people work in this, in this profession and not want to actually help people opposed to just getting a paycheck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, I've had to do that too. Like, you find the ones that work for you, and the ones that don't, you move on. Like, it's okay, and that that can be discouraging, and that can be hard. But that's again, that's where the self care comes in. Don't don't stay in the discouragement. Keep working, keep fighting, keep going, because there are people out there who can help. So just don't give up. Yeah. Step in front of the next. Keep going. Keep breathing. Keep living, because that's what we're here to do, right? So, um, at the end of every podcast, I like to read a quote to my to my viewers. Uh, on the subject that I'm covering on the podcast. Um, is there a specific quote that you live by um, that you wanna share with the listeners? Yeah, so I don't know where this came from. It's something that I've, I've, I've said for the last couple of years, and I think it's, it's very fitting. Uh, so author unknown, I don't know where it came from, but to me, if it's not growing, it's dead. And I'm not ready to be dead, so I'm gonna keep mm. growing, right? That, that's a good one. That's heavy. I, I yeah. like it a lot. Um, so I found one on personal growth, um, that I think you, you would appreciate too. Um, this one comes from, uh, from Lao Tzu. Um, knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Mastering others is strength and mastering yourself is true power. Mm -hmm. That is, 
just Absolutely. outstanding. Um, I, I think that's probably one of the strongest quotes I've I've uh, read on this podcast. And you know, uh, you know, again, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. It's definitely been enlightening for me, and it's it's always great to have somebody as passionate about mental health as I am. Um, where can everybody find you on socials and if you want them to follow, of course? You know, I'm not real big on socials. I use Facebook right now, really. Um, I do have some plans to expand um, in the future. My life is a bit chaotic at the moment. Chris, you're aware some of the things going on. Uh, so I'll just say in the future, I'll drop that when it's there. But right now I'm just on the mental health movement page. I'm on Facebook. Um, I plan to continue to grow and to be an advocate for mental health. Chris, do me a favor after this. Send me that quote because I really like that. I'm going to use that well. for myself today. Um, and yeah, dude, thanks for having me. It's been an absolute blast. I'm so excited. This is a part of my journey and I get to just enjoy it. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy loving my life and living my life and the hard times they come. I'm going to enjoy those too, because they're going to teach me more lessons and I'm going to get to learn and learn and learn. So yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course, man. And like I said, thank you again for being on and thank you for sharing a piece of yourself with me and the listeners today. Um, for everybody listening, uh, stay tuned for uh, for this podcast dropping soon and uh, the other podcast recording tomorrow is dropping soon as well. Um, and as always, thank you guys so much for your support. Um, always remember, be kind to others, be kind with yourself. And my most favorite thing to end the podcast on, be gentle with yourselves. Until next time, take care.